Hello. Good afternoon, everyone. <laughs> so you are in, it's very exciting, a session that is asking you to test your knowledge. And if you were lucky enough, you've already received the test. So we weren't kidding when we said test your knowledge. So this is very exciting. Um, I'm Wendy Funkhauser. I'm the Vice President for Client Services for ISS. ISS is a leading facilities management and workplace company. Uh, we partner with clients all around the globe to magnetize the workplace through experience and wellness. We do this with a very light footprint on the environment, and we maintain and protect properties around the globe. And today, we're sponsoring this session, which I'm delighted to introduce Christina Banks. She is a PhD and the Director of Interdisciplinary Center for Healthy Workplaces. Christina, welcome. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate supporting this uh, session today, and thank you for coming after lunch when you could be uh, doing a lot of other things. Uh, but I thought uh, this would be a fun time uh, to give you some statements and you indicating whether you think they are true or false. Why do I do this? I'm an organizational psychologist, and I'm very interested in the blending of uh, organizational behavior, human resource management, uh, and CRE. So I've been attending Cornette for, the, I think this is my seventh year. I've made some friends here. Um, and so I'm really dedicated to solving the problem of hybrid work and people returning to work. So without ado, I hope you have a test in front of you, and I'm going to go through these questions kind of quickly, and uh, I won't ask for a show of hands, false or true or anything like that. You can keep these all to yourself. It doesn't matter to me. No handing in, no names, no scoring or anything like that. I want you to have fun with it. Okay, so let's take the first question. Healthy workplaces promote not only individual well-being and productivity, but also desirable organizational outcomes, such as favorable job attitudes and lower personnel costs in the form of tardiness, absenteeism, health-related expenses, and dysfunctional turnover. True or false? Everybody uh, decide what it is? Is it true? It's true. You know who doesn't think it's true? A lot of CEOs and managers and leadership. For some reason, they didn't get the memo. Second, according to a 2022 survey study of over 30,000 employees in 31 countries, 58% of Gen Z said they are considering changing jobs in 2023. True or false? True. Okay, that's a big number. Let's get serious about Gen Z's. Number three, a 2021 employee well-being report showed that the top two drivers of great work culture and employee happiness are one, opportunity to learn and grow, and two, a sense of belonging. You know, you should know this by today's uh, this session of Cornet, right? True or false? True. Hey, is there a false coming? Hmm. 
Number four. According to a leading expert on the chair, most researchers agree that people can tolerate only three hours of sitting per day, but not in consecutive order, and best if sitting is at a 135-degree angle. True or false? It's true. It is true. Uh, let me tell you what happens when you sit more than three hours in a day your body starts breaking down and your body stops, uh, stops producing lipase, which is important for breaking down fat in your body. And if it cannot break down fat, guess where it goes? It goes into your liver and then it gets really a lot worse. Okay. Number five, creative people are physiologically overreactive to stimuli compared to the population. And they are most creative in a low-stimulus environment where they can defocus their attention and allow creative ideas to emerge. What do you think? True or false? It be true. Okay. The important thing here is that you give creatives an opportunity to relax and not think about anything because what they do is they parallel process and it is that ability to not be thinking about something that allows those ideas to emerge. Number six, Gallup's 2022 survey showed that exclusively remote or hybrid workers have higher levels of engagement, 37%, than those who work exclusively on site, 29%. True or false? What do you say? True. Oh my God. We got our work cut out for us, don't we? Okay, we really have to focus on motivation. I'm going to talk more about that in a minute. Number seven, according to a well known environmental design expert, employees who need to do high concentration and focus work are most productive and less stressed environments that are pared down and less complex than environments that are highly stimulating with energizing colors. You guys probably know this one. It's true. Okay. Is what? Every, yes, number six is true. Number eight. The composition of social networks is a key determinant of innovation. Connections with people who do not share the same knowledge and perspectives stimulate more and higher quality new ideas. Yes, why do we put people who are just like each other together? That's, that's the quickest way to generate the same stuff. Okay, number nine, the highest level of job performance are, are the product of high levels of ability times high levels of motivation. High ability cannot compensate for low motivation, and high motivation cannot compensate for low ability. True or false? It's true, but we don't act like it. 
in selection processes, we, we often hire the person who has just motivated the heck out of uh, that interview. Unfortunately, at least half of those people are faking it. And so you can only count on ability. So hire for ability and then motivate people every day. Here's the last one. A systematic review of organizational best practices supporting mental health in the workplace found that enhancing individual mental health can be achieved by creating a supportive work culture, which includes opportunity for social connectedness, self-care, places for stress recovery, and mental recharge, and healthy food choices. It's true. Gosh, is there a pattern here? They're all true. Do you think I'd give you something that was false and have you remember that false thing is true? No, no, I, I don't do that. Okay, so let me give you some takeaways based on the choice of questions that I asked you today. And one is that we need to design workplaces that enable employees to be more effective in their job. Let me tell you why that's an, a unique statement. It's because we, we want them to be productive. We're focusing on efficiency. We are not focusing on worker effectiveness. But if you fo focus on worker effectiveness, guess what happens? There's a lot of things that have to be done to support that effectiveness. And so you're involved, HR's involved, risk management is involved, change management is involved. You can get the picture. Everyone in an organization is involved. Understand what aspects of the built environment help versus hinder employee work motivation. We focus on ability, building for capability, right? Building the right spaces for, you know, concentration work and so on, giving them lots of choices. But what we don't understand well enough is how work motivation is affected by the context in which people work, like noise like uh, busy pathways past one's desk, um, unreliable Wi-Fi, not having the tools, not having a reservation in a collaborative space. So we got to work on the work motivation. I think we got ability down, but we really are short on motivation. We want to create spaces that enable employees to cognitively refresh and defocus try selling that to your CFO, right? But it's essential. And let me just suggest that every 30 minutes when you're working at your desk, you need to stand up, walk over to a window, and look at a tree. And that's because whatever work you're doing with your brain, uh, with your high concentration work, it's getting tired. And so when you go look at something at a far view, you actually give that part of your brain a rest. And you're using a different part of your brain. So when you come back to that high concentration work, guess what? You're better able to tap into that part of your brain. Science backs up everything I'm saying here. You don't have to just trust me, OK? We want to curate opportunities for employees to diversify their professional networks and learn from each other. I know we've been talking a lot at this conference about diversity and inclusion and how important it is uh, to 
make sure that we you know, bring diverse people in and have opportunities for them to interact. What's critical here is that you give them time to interact. And you, give, uh, you, pre you create opportunities for them to interact and to form those relationships. I know it's hard enough with your own manager. Am, am I asking that you do something with somebody you don't know? Yes. And both, okay? Because it's those different people who are going to give you insights about your own work and give you different ideas about how you can solve a problem or how you can go forward. And the last one is address autonomy and flexibility through a person's control of their time. This is a different concept. Okay, what has happened in the pandemic with people going home and working is that by and large, they've had control of their time. They can decide when they're going to walk the dog, when they're, when they're going to feed their children, you know, all those things. And that is what autonomy means to people when they're thinking about coming back to the workplace. So how can we figure out how people can control their time when they come back to the workplace? Some ideas are curating who comes back when so they come back for those reasons that you've all learned about in the sessions here. Uh, friends, meeting with their boss, personal growth, continuous learning, all those things. Curate that. Just don't let it happen by accident. Plus, put people in neighborhoods with people they want to meet and who are their friends. And throw in some new people in that bunch and then mix it up every once in a while. Okay, the whole idea is that you are in control of who comes back when from a strategy point of view. Now, I'm not telling you mandating who's, who's where and when. Just say, we would like to create this for you. Tell us how you want it to function, who you want to be with, and let's make that happen. This gets back to focusing on effectiveness and not productivity. Do you understand that, what I mean by the difference there? Because people will do their best work when they know what they're supposed to do, they're trained well enough to do it, and they have every resource and opportunity to execute that. So with that, I would like to ask you uh, two things. One is, a couple of these questions came from this book. And I want to give this book to you for free. And uh, it's about the built environment. And these are experts who have written chapters in here. You can look at it and decide whether you want it or not. You know. But I will mail this book to you. All I need is a business card or a piece of paper with your address on it. And that's because I want you to have the benefit of what these experts say. Okay. So any questions? I'll, I'll take questions. So during the, uh, the keynote address, the speaker talked about low IQ people, but higher motivated people outperform the high IQ. So when we talk about um, hiring for ability, uh, how do I... 
Yes. I, okay, the question is uh, at the keynote, which is the happiness keynote? Well, they're happier. So um, uh, <laughs> low IQ, highly motivated, out outperforms the high IQ and low motivated person? Well, motivation is the key there, right? So people can bring what they know to the workplace, but the key is to have them be motivated to act on it, to actually put it into action. So motivation is a deal breaker, and so that, that makes sense to me, but I wouldn't go out and search for low IQ people, okay? So the idea is you find out who are the people who are best able to do that work, don't trust their motivation during the interview. I will tell you, I coach people at Berkeley how to fake motivation. Not really. But I tell them, you know, if you're excited about that job, try to act motivated. Don't act demotivated, right? But it doesn't mean that they will be motivated on day two. So it changes. Okay? Any other questions? So what did you, what did, how, how much time? Three minutes. So what did you think about that back and forth with uh, Johnny and Jenny? Any questions about that? Any reactions to that? I found it fascinating. I have listened to Johnny twice in the last month at two different conferences. One was at the Sherm Visionaries uh, Conference, which is all the CHROs uh, who came together, 400 of them from around the country we met. And I was speaking to that conference as well. Not on this. I didn't give them a test. Are you kidding? They wouldn't take it. Um, but uh, the theme there was about inclusion. And the answer to inclusion, Johnny said it, inclusion is about building belonging in order to build to mental health. So obviously, uh, CHROs are really dedicated to dealing with mental health issues other than sending people to EAP, which is employee assistance, okay? So belonging is the key. You can create belonging through messaging, through how you build your workplaces, who you put together, the kind of social spaces you put together, the, the kinds of accidental inter interactions you can create through the built workplace, you have a major impact on this. And I hope you work on it and you really push it forward because that's critical. Um, and then the other conference was the Total Worker Health conference for uh, people in uh, occupational health. And uh, they're, again, singing the tune of mental health. How can we do this? We need to pay attention to the physical environment as well as the psychological environment. They work together. Guess what? Your head and your body is connected. So uh, we need to treat people as if they're connected. And that means you ha Let me just put a big pin in this. You need to collaborate with your partners in your organization. We started with HR today. That's a good start, but you also can partner with your occupational health people, your risk management people, your legal people, uh, your industrial hygiene people. Uh, they're just everybody 
anybody who deals with work-related issues, they're your partners because they're all going to have different pieces of information that, when combined, tell you how to build a productive workplace but also uh, effective workers. So I'll leave it there. Thank you so much. And I need your cards, okay?